Hi there and thanks for joining us on this week's podcast, The Businesswoman Waging War on Black Friday, the charity that wants you to sign up for wheelchair basketball and how CIT is encouraging the next generation of engineers. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, my next guests are having their annual fundraising day in Neptune Stadium, which also happens to be the International Day of Disability. So what exactly have the Rebel Wheelers planned? Well, I'm joined in studio by Orla O'Brien and Eileen Simpson and Connor Simpson, who are all from the Rebel. Very welcome to Red Business. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you in. So who's going to tell me a little bit, first of all, about Rebel Wheelers? Orla, you're off. Tell me a little bit about the organisation. Okay. Well, the club was set up in 2008 by a group of parents um, of children with a physical disability. Um, It was set up because most mainstream clubs couldn't really cater for our uh, children with a physical disability. And these were parents who wanted their children to participate in sport. So I suppose the mission of the club really is to promote um, independence and self-esteem in a fun environment by getting the children involved in a wide range of sports from a very early age. Now, you've been very kind to bring me to both your ball, where you have a big night and everyone has great crack, and I've actually been to see you guys take part in Cork on Ice, which is fantastic and really shows the ability as opposed to the disability which people might perceive. Um, You need money, though, don't you? You need to be able to fundraise to hold events like this. We do. Um, I suppose the organisation is 100% volunteer driven by parents of the children in the club. Um, We don't receive any direct um, government funding. All of our money comes from our fundraising and from donations from maybe companies who have heard of the club. So our equipment then is because you cannot buy the equipment we need in your JD sports or your lifestyle sports. Yeah, so what what do you do then? Give us the list of sports that you partake in. So the main sports at the moment will be wheelchair basketball, wheelchair rugby, athletics, and we have boccia as well, has started up as well. And then we have our Saturday morning club, which is where all the children start out. So... Typically now, a, a, wheelchair, a basketball wheelchair will cost maybe €1,500 Euro for a generic chair. Just for the chair? Just for the chair. Wow. But that's a generic chair. As the kids get older then and they need more specialised equipment and they're playing maybe at senior level and international level, those chairs can cost in excess of €4,000. So these kids go on to represent the country eventually if they're good, um, but they need the chair to begin with because you can't just have a standard wheelchair and expect to be able to play rugby, I'm presuming. No, you can't. If you think you wouldn't send your six-year-old child out in a pair of size 10 runners to, to, to their soccer training. And it's the exact same thing for a child. The chair has to fit them in order for them to be able to perform. Okay, so we are coming towards um, the event in Neptune Stadium, which we'll get to in a minute. But Eileen and Connor, you're very welcome as well. Connor, I know you're bursting to talk to me. How old, how old is Connor, ma'am? Connor is 11. 11. So 11 year olds never stop talking, but we're going to leave you build up to it in a second, Connor. Eileen, um, tell us a little bit about Connor's involvement with the Rebel Wheelers. Well, Connor started um, at Saturday Morning Club when he was just five. Um, and Connor started out being, he was introduced to an awful lot of different games at club. Um, he played all sorts of things like uh, duck, duck, goose, um, up to basketball, floor volleyball. They did a bit of hurling. They even went rock climbing. Um, Connor was a little bit nervous to begin with, but 
it's it was fantastic for building confidence and getting friends. Uh, he made a load of friends through the club. And then when he was eight, he moved on to um, wheelchair basketball. OK, and now, he, has Connor always been in a chair? I should ask you this question, but I'll ask Mom first. Has he always been in a chair? He has. Connor's always been in a chair. OK, yeah, and, yeah. and then doing sports was obviously something that every kid wants to do. But it's not without its challenges when you spend most of your time in the chair. Absolutely. Um, and I suppose Rebel Wheelers is great because... Um, it's a sports club first and foremost I think um, it introduces children um, with a disability to sports uh, who might not otherwise get the chance to play sport it means that Connor can go into school on a Monday morning and discuss um, his basketball blitz that he's been playing for the weekend with his friends who have been playing GAA and soccer and what have you um, so probably, he probably wins more than the other crowd as well I, I don't want to say it out <laughs> loud or I cast dispersions but he's probably more <laughs> successful than the rest of them but we'll come back to that and it's been fantastic for his independence and for his fitness and everything. Well, let's bring the main man in himself. Connor. how are you? You're very welcome to Red Business. Good. You're the youngest guest we've ever had on. Do you know that? No, I didn't. You know now. Um, what is your favourite sport? Basketball. Okay. And how long have you been playing basketball? Um, four years. Four years. And how good are you at basketball? Okay. Okay. <laughs> we can live with okay. Do you have a favourite soccer team? Um, Huddersfield. Hudder- <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Do you have a favourite GAA team? You're a Cork man, so um, obviously Cork GAA. Yeah. yeah. I don't really follow it. You don't really follow much. it. Okay, well, we all have our own different things. And what school do you go to? Because we need a big shout out to Scully's your classmates. Scully's gone. Scully's gone and you're in fifth class. Yeah. And your teacher's name is? Amy. Amy. Okay. Oh, first name in terms of the teacher, we're doing okay. Um, so, uh, and is Amy a good teacher? Bear in mind she might hear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Relatively yeah. non-committal, but we'll move on quite quickly. Connor, thank you very much for that. Uh, Orla, let's talk about the event in Neptune Stadium. It's obviously one of the big fundraisers of the year. And it's kind of a little bit unusual because uh, there's lots of different corporate things you can do at Christmas. But this is a little bit of a standalone. What are you asking people to do? It is. Well, I suppose what we're asking is we have 24 teams coming on the day or we would have 24 teams coming to Neptune Stadium. And um, basically it's a wheelchair basketball event. So we're encouraging companies to send a team of 10, minimum of five people on the day. And they will get to sit into a wheelchair basketball chair and try out the sport and I suppose it gives you an understanding, it gives them an appreciation of what it is like to, first of all, to have a disability and to, to be a wheelchair user, but more importantly, to take part in disability sport. And I think by the end of it, they'll find that there is no difference. It is is the same competitive spirit that takes over while you're in that chair both teams want to win like we've seen this last year this is the second year we've run this event and last year it was you know it was amazing to watch the first five ten minutes people were really struggling to get used to the chairs but once they got used to the chairs it was just again it was just that competitive spirit that so, takes over. Uh, you're looking for corporate teams. So in other words, it's, it's a bit of crack for the corporate team. Um, you get to see what life is like uh, if you're in a wheelchair, but you get to play basketball as well. You have the competitive edge. How much is it per team? Because that's the real question. It's €250 Euros for a team. And on the day, um, they get to play basketball for an hour. They'll have a mentor on the day as well, and that will be one of the of our senior basketball players. I was thinking you were going to say Connor is going to be mentoring <laughs> them because my money would be on him. But anyway, well, we'll have our junior players will be there too, but um, the mentors will be the senior players who really have played at international level as well. So that they'll actually teach each team the basic rules of the game, and then they'll be there for the hour to help them through 
the game as well and okay. kind of give And how advice. do people get in contact with you? Um, you can email us at rebelwheelers at gmail.com Rebelwheelers at gmail.com Open to everybody and how yes. many on a team? Minimum of five, uh, maximum of ten. Okay, and the final question I have for you, um, Eileen Simpson, have you ever tried it? Oh, I have. <laughs> I, I would just advise people to do some shoulder warm-ups before you start. <laughs> it's all in the shoulders. It's all, it's in, all the shoulders. in the shoulders. So you're looking for corporate teams to get involved, but you're looking for the all-star team as well. So who qualifies for the all-star team, Eileen? Well, we're looking for um, basically an all-star team from across the sports really from GAA from rugby uh, from soccer um, to take on our Rebel Wheeler senior team Well that'll put manners on them anyway straight away won't it they'll realise that uh, they're not the expert in this particular <laughs> sport So anyone who's been involved in sport in the last couple of years Anybody Male Absolutely. or female? Oh both Okay well both. there's plenty out there who would fit the bill December the 1st in Neptune Stadium the annual fundraiser for the Rebel Wheelers rebelwheelers at gmail.com but for now Orlo O'Brien, Eileen and Connor Simpson thank you very much for joining us Thank you Red Business all that's best about business in Cork. November the 29th has been identified as Black Friday, which is an appalling online concept that has somehow spread out into the wider world and we will all face it, whether we want to or not. But consumers are being urged to go green and shop local on this particular Black Friday. And to tell me all about the initiative, I'm joined by Bronwyn Connolly, uh, who is the founder and campaign coordinator. Bronwyn, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for joining us. Now, people might know your shop. Your shop is in Paul Street. Paul Street Shopping Centre, yep. So it's Wild Design Collective. And what do you sell in Wild Design Collective? So we have a selection of Irish craft. Uh, So we go candles, jewellery, scarves... Um, a little bit of everything, really. A lot of art, prints, things like that. Always good for a gift. Always good for a gift. Always yeah, good for we a gift. We are the specialists in Irish made gifts. What do you make of the dreaded Black Friday? Oh, Jonathan, it's crazy. You know, it's just mass consumer every consumerism everywhere, and people are being, you know, encouraged to buy stuff that they essentially don't need. You know, so it has it, it's a it's a really bad effect on, I suppose, small businesses and the environment as well. You know. Well, you see, the reason it's on our high street, our main street now, is because the big retailers got terrified that there was so much online. So it's become all pervasive. Like everywhere you turn, there's a Black Friday sale nowadays. Were you tempted to go down that route yourself? I wasn't, to be honest with you, Jonathan. Um, I started the shop uh, two and a half years ago and we opened in October. And of course, the, the Black Friday was coming and I was kind of panicking, going, I can't compete with the big guys, you know, here with sales um, because, you know, our margin is smaller and so on and so forth. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to call it Green Friday. I'm going to invite the customers to come in, have a glass of Prosecco, meet some of the makers and offer a tiny little discount, you know. And they loved it. The customers really liked it the makers really liked it it offered them the opportunity to meet you know their customers um, so we said we'd go bigger and better the following year so last year we took over St Peter's Church and we had a beautiful customer evening down there 140 businesses actually got involved last year across Ireland so it turned into a national movement from very humble beginnings Okay you had me at Prosecco but um, <laughs> obviously others came in and were attracted by other things um, you've made it bigger this year Yes yeah we've gone really really huge on it this year um, we 
have a website, so we're greenfriday.org. Um, you can catch us on Instagram, which is Green Friday Ireland, and Facebook as well, Green Friday Ireland. We've got a pack for retailers who want to get involved, giving them ideas, giving them some um, marketing material, uh, anything that they really need the support, you know, to 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 come up with something a little bit more um, unique than mm. you know a, a Black Friday sale and twenty five percent off. You, you have ten reasons to show love for your local business. Yes. Uh, wh- what was number one? What was the main reason behind that? I suppose the community, you know, is a big thing for us. Um, that, you know, small businesses are the backbone of community. And if we don't have small businesses, our communities kind of, you know, they, they're not as vibrant and unique as they, they would be. And so that was a big thing, to keep local businesses alive um, and environmental reasons as well. You know, I mean, if you're shopping in your local town, then you're not driving anywhere. You're, you're reducing your carbon footprint. You're not buying online. So, you know, it all has a much lesser impact on the environment as well. Um- Tell us about your own business. As I said, you you, you have a lovely shop um, that your mum had. And I remember it being a yes. candle shop. Yes. So yes. did you learn the trade watching the sale of candles? I did indeed. Always a kind of an odd business because there was only one product. But Yes, <laughs> yes. But did you learn how to run a small business from your mum's shop? I did indeed, yeah. I was really lucky. I mean, I spent my childhood in the shop at mum at Christmases and, you know, all the time really. And she thought me... Well, you have to work hard. <laughs> you wouldn't sell many in June. Uh, no, no, you wouldn't. Um, but, you know, she carved a really nice business out of it for 23 years, you know. Um, and, and I loved it. And we still retained a lot of mum's old customers, which is fantastic because they still come in asking about Mary. And we still sell, you know, the Irish made candles as well that mum did. Uh, just a small section of them. And, yeah, I loved it. I loved retail. That personal touch, the idea of knowing your customers, getting them to come back in, are we losing a little bit of that in the way that transactions are done online? And even if you go to a shop, if you're picking something up that's been ordered online, it's it's less of an experience and more of a trudge. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I find in the shop, like we can tell everybody in, in that comes into the store, our customers, who made it and where it was made. And that's a real question that we're getting asked now is, you know, tell us a little bit about Jade and Joe, you know, um, and they make, you know, beautiful beautiful cushions and they're based here in Cork and they love that connection with the product and the story you know there's a bit of a scale around it I yeah, suppose. but the whole thing about Black Friday drives down price you'll get a bargain you mightn't want the blooming cushion that you buy online but you'll buy it because it costs 10 cent less than it did last week are people willing to spend that tiny little bit more because they know it was made by Jimmy and Mary? Absolutely, yeah. And there's a big drive towards it now, you know, that people are being more conscious of where they're spending their money, you know. And it's not about bang for buck, I suppose, but it's more, you know, they want to know that they're having a positive effect with their purchase, you know. And I think that's a big, big, we're seeing a big trend in that at the moment. So obviously your business is involved in this, uh, Wild Design Collective. Yes. Who else is involved? What other companies are getting involved in Green Friday? Uh, loads of other small businesses. Um, there is a couple of businesses in Dublin who are actually hosting their own events. So Chaos and Harmony are having a market in uh, St. Stephen's Green um, on the 29th and they're calling it fashionably, fashionably upstaging Black Friday. Um, <laughs> Shop Small Ireland have got involved with it. So they're a online platform for promoting small businesses in Ireland. So they're a partner with us in it, which is great. Um, loads of small little businesses all around West Cork are doing their own sort of thing. Corkraft and Designer getting involved in it. There's a, a beautiful shop in Tipperary and they're hosting a whole weekend around it as well. So are you getting St. Peter's again this year? We're not. We've decided to do our own uh, in-store events all weekend. So on Friday we are planting a tree for every purchase 
purchase that's made. So we've partnered with the Trees on the Land project, okay. which is happening on the 15th of February. So we have a beautiful selection of native Irish trees and apple trees. So you get to pick and choose what tree you'd like. And then we will invite you to come along with us on that day. Um, on the Saturday, then we're doing customised gift wrap. So we have a calligrapher in who's going to write, you know, beautiful messages on all your gift wrap. And on Sunday, then we have a meet and greet with Aoife de Berke, who is a local jewellery designer, and she'll customise whatever bit of jewellery you want. You've no mention of Prosecco yet. Hang on, you had me last year. We have Prosecco all weekend. I see there, I mean, <laughs> straight away. <laughs> so it's taking place the weekend, uh, beginning the 29th of November. Beginning the 29th. Which you'll hear about as being Black Friday, but now at least you know it is actually Green Friday. Uh, Bronwyn Connolly, founder and campaign coordinator for Green Friday. Thank you so much for joining us on Red Business and save me a glass. I will, of course. Thank you, Jonathan, for having me. The only show in town for Cork business, Red Business. Now, there was a big event this week in the Rochestown Park Hotel celebrating STEM subjects and indeed celebrating all the educational opportunities that are out there and potential future careers for young people. With me now is the Head of Department of Mechanical, Biomedical and Manufacturing Engineering at CIT, Professor Ger Kelly. Ger, how are you? Welcome to Red Business. I'm very well. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. What was the purpose of the event at the RPH? So the purpose of the event was to showcase um, the opportunities in in STEM-related areas for um, school children um, so that they will elect to take uh, and pursue STEM-related courses in third-level educational institutes. How big a challenge is it to get people involved in STEM? Because we've been banging this drum a long time. Are they still not taking up the opportunities that are there? It's very difficult because they are not aware of the range and diversity of the opportunities that are there. And particularly in the case of females, um, coming from secondary schools, a lot of the schools tend not to offer the key STEM-related subjects such as physics, chemistry, higher-level maths. And so... In lots of cases, girls don't get the opportunities to pursue STEM-related courses. And is it still completely male-dominated, or is that beginning to change as well? It's beginning to change. Um, some areas, such as the biomedical sector, tends to attract a high proportion of females, simply because biology is a very common subject that is taken in schools. But the more traditional ones, like in, um, mechanical engineering and so on, they're not seen as female friendly and, and so girls don't tend to go into those subjects and but is that a misconception though are they female friendly they are female friendly um, there are loads of opportunities and, and careers for for girls in the engineering and stem related areas um i mean there's currently 30,000 people working in the southwest in stem related industries in medtech devices and these organisations are undergoing significant expansions of the order of you know, 100, 150 million at a time. And they need a strong STEM talent pipeline to come through. But people aren't aware of the opportunities. So what this showcase was about was to show the range of companies, the diversity and the opportunities that are there in medical device sector, pharmaceutical technology sector, mm. automation, cybersecurity, the works. And, and that's one of the things we've done quite well. Um, we've linked industry with students. And that's where CIT comes into yes. um, a, a conversation like that. Yeah. So we a lot of our courses um, have internship or work placement. So we are working very closely with the industrial partners. But that is after we have got 
the students into us. The issue is to get the students to take the STEM-related subjects and they want because they don't see them, they don't see the range of opportunities in the careers. And because of the whole fourth industrial revolution, there's an evolution in the in the nature of roles that people are going to be taking up, which are mm. which we haven't actually thought about yet. So we need to get a very broad base of people to pursue. Um, those technological subjects. Well, you see, the, there's troglodytes like me who haven't gotten over the third industrial revolution yet, never mind the fourth. So it's hard for us to imbue in the up-and-coming generation what they need to do because my generation doesn't understand it. Maybe older generations don't understand it. So how can the kids understand it? That's the whole reason why we had this very large showcase where we had over 2,000 people registered to turn up where all the, the leading medtech companies and pharmaceutical companies, engineering companies, had their products on display. It was a, a, a real exhibition of the opportunities that were there to demonstrate to people, yes, companies that they hadn't even heard of and the, the scale of them and the opportunities mm. that were there in the future. What about people who've been through the system already? Um, is there part-time courses they can now take on, maybe to bring their skills up to speed? Yes, there are. Um, CIT has what's known as a CAM centre, which offers a a significant number of CPD, or Continuing Professional Development courses, um, to upskill people in things like robotics, uh, automation and control, which are the the new and coming areas in the whole industrial Mm. sector. But I I would imagine, Ger, that there's people listening to this going, ah, sure, what would I know about robotics? Or how could I possibly do that? I've been doing the same thing for 20 years. How do you get past that lack of self-belief that, that you have a role to play in that fourth generation? I think, um, particularly in CIT, I mean, it's a very hands-on practical approach that we have to, to, to guide people along. But the industry is there and willing to, to show how this can benefit um, their their products and their development. And it's actually essential. They, they need it. It's, it's, it's not a, a wish. It's an absolute need that these skill sets are developed to enable future developments in this mm-hmm. area and to continue the foreign direct investment that we have at the present time. You're a young man looking at you, but you've seen a bit of change even in the time that you've been lecturing in CIT yes. and, and how we went. And I've talked about this a lot on the podcast from the very basic pharma, the putting together the pills that were distributed around the world to developing the pills to then moving to biotech and, and now moving on to things like robotics and different types of manufacturing. It's been quick, hasn't it? It's been very quick. I know from my own experience, one of my first jobs was working on on some computer chips for mobile telephones when the phones were bricks. Uh, (laughs) But now they're no longer phones anymore. They are incredibly powerful computers that um, are also a phone. By the way, I miss the brick. By the way, the brick used to be very reliable. It was. And <laughs> it was it a reliable a, brick and a good battery. And it had a very yes, the <laughs> battery was superb. Well, you never know. The next generation of batteries could be developed by somebody who's currently passing through your hands at CIT. Professor Jar Kelly, head of department of mechanical, biomedical, and manufacturing engineering at CIT. Thank you so much for joining us. CIT.ie, by the way, if anybody wants to find more information. Jar, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having. Me. My thanks to all of my guests, as always. Don't forget you can listen back to every episode of Red Business on redextra.ie. Niamh Hennessy produced, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.